I'm Sean. And I'm Cass. Welcome to Birdies, Bogies, and Bourbon. All right, welcome back, and thanks for joining the second episode of Birdies, Bogies, and Bourbon. So we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got uh, the Masters, which was, at least for me, super exciting. Uh, we've got the RBC Heritage coming up, and, and luckily I'm going to get to go to the, the Wednesday practice round on that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our personal golf goals and kind of what's going on with our games. But, Cass, I think we should kind of get started off with a little pour of bourbon. Uh, what are we drinking today? Yeah, so we got uh, just my go-to. Um, it's the uh, Four Roses Small Batch. Um, uh, it's just my normal normal house bourbon. Um, and uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. So yeah, it's a Kentucky bourbon. Um, it's uh, aged in an oak cask. And um, for $35, it's, it's hard to beat. Um, not nearly as smooth as the old elk that we drank last week, but... Um, you know, really good in um, like uh, old fashions and Manhattans and stuff like that. Um, so what's uh, what's first? What are, we, what are we talking about first today? Um, I kind of before we dig into and kind of what went on in the Masters and, and, and kind of what's coming up, let's kind of talk about our games a little bit. OK, um, I know last week we kind of gave the brief introduction, um, you know, kind of a little bit of our backgrounds and history. So, um, you know, you're definitely the birdie of birdies bogeys and bourbon and uh I'm, some days and i'm i'm the bogey maybe i'm just the guy drinking i don't know but, uh, <laughs> um, i'm definitely the bogey so you know right now my handicap i think is sitting at a 8.6 and i just i have consistency issues so we've been playing a little bit uh together a little bit more often and you know so maybe you can kind of talk about some of that stuff what kind of what you're seeing um with my game. So actually let me get, let's get your opinion on that before I kind of give you my opinion. Yeah. So, um, as far as the golf game goes, you hit a lot of, uh, a lot of really, really flush shots. Um, uh, you know, almost the same distance as I hit it. And I, I hit it a pretty good ways. I don't absolutely murder the ball, but I hit, I hit it a long way. And, uh, you know, I would say your iron distances are five to seven yards shorter than mine. Um, but the the main thing, obviously, that I see is short game. I see a lot of a lot of tons of room for improvement in short game, um, as far as uh, technique goes, and um, uh, as far as your golf swing goes, um, a lot of movement and a little steep on the on the downswing. And by a lot of movement, I mean there's a big movement off the ball, which which then you have to move big to get back to the ball. Um, so I don't know if it's an effort to generate more clubhead speed or, or what, but um, I definitely like to see uh, um, see you stay on top of the ball just a little little more, and um, I think that would help with uh, help with consistency. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have some face control issues. Um, my path is pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a little bit. I've been working on a little bit of a bigger a turn, um, which has gotten me coming a little bit more from the inside. Um, so my path is a little bit more inside than probably what I would like it, but definitely have face control issues and, and what you and I were working together in the sim the other day and, and watching the video and I, to me, it looks like I'm just really steep. And when you're really steep, you're kind of swinging your arms at it. And when you're swinging your arms at it, you get face control issues. So that's what it feels like to me. Um, and you had me really working to shallow the club out and, uh, you know, and 
clearly when you're making some big changes, there's it doesn't you know you're not just flushing shot after shot. Yeah, you're after not going to hit it very good for a, for a minute. But when I did make good contact, really shallowing the ball out, exiting left, um, I was hitting really good numbers, really hitting the ball really flush with what felt like a lot less effort. Um, I think, you know, you said uh, maybe am I trying to generate more power and that's why I move off the ball. And, and I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. When you're very armsy in the swing and flipping the hands at it, and if I have a really move off the ball to the right side, it helps generate some additional power. Um, but you're moving off that far, um, swinging your hands at it, flipping them through, going to be some face control issues. So I think that's that's definitely kind of my struggles right now. Um, well, where where do you want to get to? Like, what's what's uh What's the ultimate goal, long-term, short-term? Like, what's, what's, your, what's your plan? So my plan uh, or my goal is by September of this year to get back down to a three handicap. Just if I can get into the threes, sub four somewhere by the end of the, uh, end of the summer. I think that's very doable, too, because it's like you, you, you've got to decrease the severity and the frequency of your bad shots. You don't need to, you don't need to increase the quality of your good strikes your good strikes are is about as good as it can be hit right it's the the amount of bad shots and how bad they are right because you'll you'll flush a, a little draw pitching wedge right at the pin and get on the next tee and you know kind of skank it off the next tee you know <laughs> you know where i mean where it hits the ground 50 yards in front of you and it's like where where is that coming from so i, I don't think you're very far from hitting hitting it consistently um, and, and that big miss, minimizing that big miss. But I, I see tons and tons of strokes being wasted on and around the greens. Yep, nope, that's uh, – I definitely think that's that's kind of where it is. So I made some notes. So the, the things that I think – my drives have to be in play. Correct. Correct. I, don't, I don't know that I need to go chasing a lot more distance right now. I just need to put the drives in play. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest myths in golf is drive for show, putt for dough. Because it doesn't matter how good you putt. If you're putting for bogey, you're not going to score well. Um, you know, if you're hitting balls out of play off the tee, it doesn't. It does not matter if you're one putting every green. So, yep. So, 100% agree. Drive's got to be in play. My approach is when the when I'm less than 150, I either need to hit the green or at least miss on the correct side. And I've got issues missing in the worst place possible short inside myself in a bunker. And um, so I, I, I've got to do that. But um, so if, and then the last thing is, is really uh, that short game that we talked that you were talking about, just um, I have, you know, I feel pretty solid with the actual golf swing, but when I get into the technique around the green, it's, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Right. right? Like I don't right. know that I've ever, um, I just don't feel like I've got good technique there. And so there's some, there's some effort, some schooling that I've got to do there. Um, so, yeah, when I can have my chips and lags inside the trash can lid, I think um, I'll start scoring better. And then um, what I guess kind of one last thing that uh, I heard somebody make a, make a comment the other day, and I'm so guilty of this. They're like, if I have a birdie putt, I'm going to read it from the front, from the back. I'm going to take, you know three minutes trying to figure out the line and I'm going to put so much effort in making that birdie putt. But if it's a bogey, I step up there and just kind of tap it. I am so guilty of that 
but they both count the same. Right. Right. At the right. end of the day, it's still a stroke. And so spending some more time, a little more effort, being consistent all the way through, whether I'm putting for birdie, par, bogey, double, whatever it is, just being consistent, um, I think is gonna is gonna help. I I would like to see you clean up your your putting routine. Uh, when I when I look at you putt, I don't see number one a very consistent routine and uh, like a structured routine. Oh yeah, I don't and, have I don't right, have one. Right, yeah. right, and that's so important, right? Because it makes every putt the same, right? When you don't have a routine, every putt's different. Uh, but when you do have a routine, every putt's the same. And then all you're in control of is going through your routine and sticking to your routine and committing to committing to the putt. Uh, uh, so the, the uh, routine's really important. And I want to go back to what you said about your approaches, um, especially from that 150-yard and in range, um, and missing on the correct side, right? I, I see far too many people hit good shots with too much draw on it, and they go they miss long and left. And that is literally, especially on back pins, is the worst place to miss because green slope typically from back to front. Right, so when you miss long left, even if your miss was 15 feet away, you'd have much rather missed short right at 30 feet because now you've got an uphill right to left, most likely approach um, for your for your next shot, rather than a downhill, you know, left or right, um, you know, short sided approach. So you know, I'd like to I'd like to see your miss become a kind of a short, weak right miss rather than a flush left miss. And I think that's where your big miss is now. It's that flush left pull. Um, and that's just, that's like bogey central. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that kind of comes back into the, we're talking about coming in really steep, having some face control issues and, uh, and I, I catch the ball flush and it starts online and pulls right 15 or 20 yards left and it's long left. Right. Um, so I miss long left a lot. Right. Um, so I, I I don't know that um, I think we'll, we'll probably end up getting into this and in, in, in kind of as the weeks go on. Uh, but I do want to talk about kind of how we're going to, you know, I, I've put my goal out there. I want to get to this, you know, somewhere in the threes on the handicap by the by September. So how am I going to get there? Um, so, you know, what is the what is the fitness routine look right. like? What is the practice routine look like? Um, I'm super guilty of just going and pounding balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, I know I can hit that shot. And I just keep swinging and swinging and swinging as opposed to being very deliberate about the practice or taking practice swings with no ball in the mirror, just looking at positions and, and, and getting those feels. So I'm going to uh, work on developing a much more structured practice routine uh, and see if we can't start getting more consistent. Perfect. So how do where's I mean, you know, you've got loftier goals than I do and you know, you've got a much more solid game, but what's your game looking like right now? I don't exactly know. Um you know, I feel pretty good. Um uh we actually played the ocean course a couple couple uh weeks ago last week and uh I felt really in control of my golf ball there. I didn't I only played the back nine, but I didn't I missed I barely missed one shot. It was the one on fourteen, the par three. Um you know, short right, got it up and down. Oh, by the way, shout out to your buddy, Andrew. Um, uh, Andrew Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, uh, for assistant at the ocean course. Um, best assistant in the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that was an amazing to be able to go play the ocean. Course, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we didn't quite get it in. We got, we teed off on 17 and then it got dark on us, but, uh, 
but yeah, that was a good time. But uh, the game, the game's okay. I, I definitely want to work on my short game a lot. I want to drive it well. I want to drive it and chip it better this year. If I'm driving it well and I'm and I'm wedging it well, I'm probably hitting the irons pretty good. Um, and I normally putt good. I've been doing the same thing with my putting for like five years now. I've got the same routine, the same practice structure, the same everything, and and I I consistently putt well. Uh, you know, in tournaments and hit my lines. And as long as I'm confident, um, like we talked about at country club, I, I didn't, I lacked that confidence on the greens, but, uh, so I saw a picture of your putting setup. Mm-hmm. So I guess tell everybody what your putting setup looks like. Okay. So I've got a, just a putting mat, a long straight putting mat. I think it's uh Moss. I can't remember what the, the name of it, the name of the brand is, but it's just a long straight putting mat. Um, like a 10, yeah, like footer. a ten foot, okay. ten foot putting mat, um, and I've got a. Uh, I went to um, to Lowe's Hardware and got like a six foot meter stick. Um, so I put I put that uh, meter like a, stick like in a, front like of the a hole, metal, like an aluminum. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yard like, stick. That's basically. right. That's right. Okay. Uh, except a yard stick, it's two yards long, and um, y- yeah. So I put my mirror on that uh, on the, on one end. I put the other end on the hole, and I just roll straight putts. Down that line, down that line. I just work on hitting my line, hitting my line, hitting my line, and I'll, I'll, I'll trickle it in sometimes. So you, so and I'll you bang have it the, in. the mirror basically six feet from the hole. Correct. Okay, and so and you, the and and the the uh, the meter stick runs from the hole to the mirror. Got it. Okay, makes sense. So, um, so yeah. So and I'll I'll practice. So Dave Stockton teaches that you should practice with your your lead hand putting with your lead hand and obviously we've all seen tiger woods drill where he's putting with his right hand only so i do both i put with my lead hand only and i put with my right hand only and then i'll put with both hands and if i can roll it consistently uh down that down that meter stick i know that i'm hitting my line and most importantly i'm set up to it the same every single time right because it's so easy if you don't keep keep your setup in check it's so easy to get a little open or get a little closed or get your eyes a little behind the ball or over the ball too much. So uh, I really just practice on keeping my setup the same. Um, that way I don't have to manipulate the stroke, that I can just make the same stroke every time and get the same results. So is there, I mean, like, hey, I've got to make 10 or 20 putts or it's just... You know, no, I, I do it until I get bored, Uh you know, so, so, so some nights it's, some nights I'm there for 30 minutes and some nights I'm there for five minutes, but I do it every night. Um, and once I'm bored or once I get distracted, my practice session needs to end. Right. And that varies day to day. Um, I I don't, I, I'm not a, a super structured person when it comes to, comes to practice because I, I do have attention deficit disorder. So once I get distracted, I, I, I leave it. I can attest to this. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you looking at in the mirror? What, what's the point of the mirror? I want my eye in the same spot over the ball. I want my left eye slightly inside the ball um, and, you know, directly in line with the ball every time. And it's not, a, it's not about necessarily like if I were telling you to practice in a mirror, I wouldn't tell you um, to, to put your left eye over the ball. It just needs to be the same every time because when your eye drifts too far over the ball or too far behind the ball, it changes your perception of alignment, Right. So, so what looks like a straight putt one day is going to look like you're aimed right the next, or it's going to look like you're aimed left the next day, depending on where your eyes are. If your eye is in the same spot, it always looks the same. The face looks the same the, in relation to the hole. Um, so that's what I want to keep the same. Because uh, the worst feeling in the world is when you step up to a putt, like a four or five footer, 
you set the blade down and you're like, well, I'm not really sure where I aimed, but here, here, here we go. You know, so that, I, I never want that feeling. I want to know exactly to the inch where I'm aimed. Nice. Nice. All right. Um, the masters, how much of it did you watch? Uh, I watched, let's see. I watched all of Sunday. Um, a good, I didn't watch any on Saturday. Um, and I watched, uh, you know, kind of, um, here and there, uh, in and out of scramblers, uh, obviously scramblers was hopping this weekend. So, um, you know, I was in and out of there watching, uh, watching there with, um, you know, with all the members and it was, it was a great, great, uh, a great masters. I thought. So, uh, so for, uh, we kind of dig into the masters a little bit. Um, uh, one of the, by the way, I'm one for one on my podcast picks. <laughs> you are you one for one, one for one. Um, Hey, my pick, uh, my pick came in like what third, fourth. Did, did you take Phil? I took Phil. You, that's right. I, yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was probably just as good of a pick as, as Rom. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, your pick, Rombo. Uh, he got it done. Um, I was afraid that uh, the Antichrist Brooks Kepka was going to win, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Rom Rom chased him down, and really Kepka kind of handed it to him, which was even more satisfying. Um, as somebody who cannot stand Brooks Kepka. I can't remember who I was listening to a, a podcast this, this past weekend, and or I guess maybe Monday, and um, they were talking about Kepka and Rombo, and they're like, you know, Kepka's kind of like the quintessential alpha male out there. He's athletic. He's a big dude. He thinks he's better than everybody. And when he's playing well and he's super confident, it's really hard to kind of stand up against him. The problem is he was playing with probably the only other more alpha male out there in, you know, in John Rahm, right? So you're talking about, dude, 6'2 and 220 or 30 pounds. And... I would like to see him fight, honestly. <laughs> I would if like to see him If we could get fight. them in a UFC cage fight, it'd be pretty spectacular. <laughs> I'm taking Rahm. I'm taking Rahm every time. And, and Started the week with a four putt. How about started, that? But, but his demeanor was different than what we've seen in the past. When right. He's made a big mistake and he, you know, he's kind of, you know, known as kind of being the hot headed guy. And that's which right. I don't mind at all. Like wear your emotions on your sleeve, but he was just like ice cold all week long. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome to watch. And I do, I mean, obviously he's now the number one player in the world and there's been a, um, kind of, uh, you know, who's better Scotty or, or Rom, but I've said for a while that I think Rom's about to go on kind of a historic run over the next three, four, five years and separate himself, uh, from the field. And, you know, he's been quoted as saying that he wants, he wants 19 majors, you know, he wants to break Jack's record. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't think he's capable of that, but, but that's at least where his mind's at, you know, that he's that motivated to, uh, to not just be the best golfer in the world, but to go down in history as one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, and coming from a, a lineage of Spaniard golfers, it it obviously means a lot to him. So uh, I'm, I'm all on board with Rom. Um, he's probably my favorite player in the game right now. So I'm uh, I'm happy to see him no, kicking I'm, ass. I'm definitely right there with you. I'm a complete fanboy of, of Rombo. And uh, I think what we're seeing is potentially – the next great generational mm-hmm. player emerging for right? sure. This for sure. He, I think he's got the potential to be the next tiger. What happened to Rory? Um, 
golf's hard. Golf is hard. Golf is hard. Golf is hard. You know, golf is so hard. He withdrew from the the next week. He's right. not going to the Heritage. <laughs> That's how hard golf is. Golf is hard. So, you know, if you're just a smidge off or just make one wrong decision at the wrong time, everything can spiral the wrong direction. And you know, it's just it's just a very hard game. It it it's um, uh, I I did see another statistic today that John Rahm's won 20 tournaments and only missed 14 cuts. He's won more tournaments than cuts he's missed. That's incredible. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. How about Phil? That was cool. That was cool. I wish he had been a little bit in contention cuz when he when, you know when he when he made that birdie putt on 18 and got to I think 8 under everybody knew that you know it was just going to be a strong finish from Phil that you know Brooks and Rahm weren't both going to come back to 8 under yeah. but um, but it was still awesome to see. Uh, I love Phil's new role, total reversal from protagonist his whole career, and now he's the antagonist. And um, I, but I, I I love it. You know, the crowd seemed a little cool against Phil the first couple of days, but the last the last little bit they were behind him. That's right. I mean, you you saw the kind of the fist pumping and the you know the stereotypical thumbs up for <laughs> Phil at the end. We haven't seen that in a long time, right? Yeah, so, that was cool. Um, so it was nice to see kind of Phil back on top. I just hope that, uh, you know, this was the first tournament that we've had uh, LIV and, and PJ Tour players. And I, I hope that uh, this is kind of a nice icebreaker for both sides to, to realize that the, for the betterment of the game, as much as we can get these guys together, uh, the better for, for everybody. There was no doubt in my mind that Rom was going to win. As soon as they came out and Rom makes the birdie and Kepka misses the par putt, you knew, right? Yeah, yeah, like was, even though Rom at that point was two down, it's like two shot swing right off the rip on Sunday. Like this is Rom's this, tournament. Yeah, this is Rom's tournament. But Patrick Reed, I spent more Speaking time. Speaking of the Antichrist, I spent more time pulling against Reed than I did pulling <laughs> for Rom. <laughs> and you know, uh, you got to give it to him. The guy's a great player. Um, how about Henley? That's a that's a Charleston Kiowa yeah, guy, little, right? Uh, I Country Club of Charleston, Kiowa. Uh, Kiel buddy, my buddy Pete Porter from uh, from Bulls Bay, um, caddy for him multiple times, and uh, he's a big fan of uh, Russell Henley, and um, always putting money on Russell Henley. And it, it, he uh, he's consistently up there in majors. If you if you look out for him, I'm, I I would bet that he plays well in the U.S. Open. He's not really the, you know, he doesn't have the firepower that most people that most people have, but he manages his game well. He hits the long irons extremely well, um, and he's just a great putter. And I guess uh, maybe the last thing I'll say about the the Masters, since it kind of ties into what we said or we were talking about earlier about not hitting the long ball, Sam Bennett. That was awesome. I mean, that was awesome. Look at Sam Bennett coming out and being in contention on the last day as an amateur, not hitting the long ball like those other guys do, but just having such control of his game. And um, yeah, it was that was impressive stuff. So I think he's going to have a. A pretty impressive career. Did you hear him say that the uh, the U.S. Amateur at Ridgewood was harder than Augusta? Did you hear <laughs> him say that? I did not hear that. Yeah, he's, he was like, oh, Ridgewood's harder than this place. And I was like, <laughs> that's a bold statement. That is a bold statement, not one I don't think I would make publicly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that guy's going to have a, a, pretty sp- uh, a pretty stellar career ahead of him. What, um, we, got, uh, what we got coming up this week? Uh, so I'm going to Harbortown. So um, we talked about that you and I got to play Kiowa Ocean last week. Yep. And so that's a Pete Dye designed course, and so is Harbor Town. So we're going to get to go uh, to the practice round on Wednesday. And um, I saw that, I mean, there's there's always kind of some of the uh, 
some of the the older greats there, but uh, I was looking at the who's going to be there and uh, the Big Easy's going to be there. So love Ernie Els, probably one of my favorite golfers of all time. Um, but he's going to be there. Davis Love the Third, Jim Furyk. Uh, so pretty excited to go. Uh, I won't get to see Rory, unfortunately. But, uh, no, probably no Rory. Probably no Tiger. But uh, but it should be a it should be a good time. Watch so. out for Furyk. He won it a couple like a few years back, I think. And he's uh, I mean that that place suits him. I've I've played it once, and um, uh, number the number one tee box has got to be the most annoying tee shot I've ever hit in my life. I've never seen anything as tight as that uh, as that first tee. I mean, it's like fairways twenty yards wide, but you got trees on both sides that angle into the fairway, and it's it's awful. And and uh, I do remember twice on two instances I was in the fairway at Harbor Town and had to pitch out um, because I was blocked out by trees. It's that tight um, in the that fairway, and pitching out in, the, in the fairway, and had to kind of punch out sideways to. To, to give myself an approach to the green. So it's um it's uh it, it's that tight of a golf course, especially on the front nine. And um yeah, I, but I, I think it's awesome. I, so you I said watch it. out for Furick. Watch uh, out for Furick. Yeah. Do you have uh do you have a pick for this week? Yeah, I'll take Patrick Cantlay all day. Yeah. I'll take I don't Patrick know that Cantlay. he can finish in the allotted time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I said I'll take him all day because <laughs> it's going to take him all, all day. day. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. I, I just was looking at pictures of Rom and oh, uh, memes are going. The yeah, internet's going crazy on fire about with, how with slow Cantlay. his plays was. Yeah. Uh, at Augusta. So I don't know. I think uh, I'd like to see Speed repeat. He could. Um, he could. You know, his game 2022. Winner, he's been all over it um, as of recent uh, in contention last weekend, you know, at the Masters. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to take Spieth for the repeat. That'd nice. Be, that would be cool to see Spieth uh, do that. Um, all right. Um, anything else for today? I think we're all good. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll, call that, uh, we'll call that a day, and then we'll be back next week. We'll kind of talk about where our games are going, and we'll start digging into um, kind of some how we're, or at least for me, how I'm going to start improving. And we'll talk about uh, what the RBC was like. Perfect. Perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you guys next week.